Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey everyone, and welcome to another beautiful Mastery Monday here on the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, and I'm here with Darcy. Hi! Hey everybody. So this is a pretty good episode this week. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm usually pretty excited about the episodes, though. So this week, we're going to talk about getting on the map. But before we talk about that, I want to tell you that there is a free webinar this Sunday, this coming Sunday, September 13th at 8.30 Mountain Time. So if you are interested in coming to that, we're going to talk about how pornography has hijacked your brain and how to get it back. And you can register for that either at my website under the free webinar tab, so zackspafford.com slash free webinar, or you can use the link in the show notes. Back to the episode. When I lived in Alaska, I lived in Alaska a long time ago now when I was a little kid. I, I feel like I was a little kid. It was from the time that I was about 11 till the time I was about 15. I loved to go out into the woods and camp with my friends. It was pretty much what we did all of the time. I loved the ferns, I loved the birch trees that were, you know, great for starting fires, the, the bark on a birch tree. If you've never used it to start a fire, it's basically like a nature-made fire starter. It's amazing. I loved four-wheeling, I loved snowmobiling with my friends, but on occasion I would go out alone. I would test my capabilities. I, you know, I say I would test my capabilities. I was a kid, I was trying to be as cool and as tough and as amazing as I could be in the wilderness of Alaska. And, you know, in Alaska, everybody is like a mountain man, it feels like. But I would go and I would camp on the side of a mountain alone. In those moments, I needed to rely on my ability to read a map and orient myself on that map. One of the most important skills in reading and following a map is knowing where you are. And knowing where you are is the very first thing that you have to do if you want to end up getting to where you want to go. If you don't correctly identify your position on the map that you're trying to follow, you're going to invariably end up in a place where you are not intending to go. The same is true of your journey to stop viewing pornography. In fact, just this week, I had a conversation with someone who enrolled in my individual coaching program who was very frustrated because he had done so much work, put in so much effort in so many important and critical ways, yet he didn't feel like he was succeeding. And as we spoke, it became clear to me that he had not yet admitted to himself that he had been using pornography because it had helped him deal with his stress and his loneliness. That's right. I said it helped him. Can you imagine, Dars, that pornography might be helping people? I think that's a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, but I can see how it can help people in the sense that when I'm stressed with the kids, eating a little bit of chocolate helps me feel better in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. In the moments when my client had been stressed, pornography viewing had provided him relief. In the moments when he had been lonely, it had given him a break from his feelings. So many of us would just like to demonize pornography and the person viewing pornography. It is 
really convenient and it's an easy story that makes it so we stand on moral high ground seemingly above the problem. We say things like pornography is just the next step toward infidelity or we believe that people who use pornography are addicted and powerless. And I know for me, (laughs) when you were viewing pornography, I was like, oh great, how bad is it going to get? What's this going to lead to? Is it going to get really worse or, you know. What's the next thing that's going to happen? Yeah. Right. We hide it and we hide from it whenever people discuss it because that kind of person is quote unquote disgusting. And they look at things that are disgusting and everything about pornography is disgusting. And it's funny because I feel like I would tell so many people because it was kind of like a subject that would come up, right? It comes up in lessons at church or conference talks or just you know, when you're hanging out with your girlfriends. And so I always felt like I had to tell people, oh, well, Zach struggles with pornography. Because if I didn't, I felt like they were going to say really hurtful things to me about... About pornography. Yeah, or about people that use pornography. Like, I once... I know someone that was like, I can't let someone watch my kid because they look at pornography. As if, like, if you look at pornography, somehow you're a pedophile, right? There's just so much stigma around people who look at pornography. Yeah. When when this is what we believe about pornography and by extension inference and explicitly people who view pornography, we're creating shame that withholds from the users, from the people viewing it, and really from ourselves, the love that we truly crave and we wish for all of our Heavenly Father's children. I want you to kind of just ask yourself, where did Jesus spend his time? He spent it with the sinners. He didn't like go out and be like, hey, all you bad people, you're terrible. Don't do that disgusting thing that you're doing that's not okay. And I want you to be clear about this because when you you look at the example that Jesus gave, especially and explicitly when you look at the example that Jesus gave in the instance of the woman who was brought in adultery, where he could have been like, listen, I had to pay for that sin, so I'm going to let these guys exact a little bit of the vengeance that is rightfully theirs because throwing stones is how the law of Moses dealt with women who were brought in adultery. And again, I always like to think about that one and go, well, where's the dude in that scenario? But what I want you to recognize is the moral high ground didn't help that woman. Jesus was not on the moral high ground being the most moral person I know. What I really find interesting about this is that it is not just the wives who think and believe and behave this way. It's the users themselves. It's not just people who don't look at pornography. It's the people who view it themselves. They look at themselves and they think that they are full of shame and they're disgusting and they're terrible people. Just like my client who had, up to that point, not really accepted where he was on the map. We all try to pretend that things are different than they really are. We do this so we can feel good about ourselves. We do this so we can feel good about our judgment of ourselves and of others, which I think is pretty strange, right? Pornography viewers judge themselves for viewing pornography the same way non-viewers do. Here's the problem. None of that helps you become the person you want to be. None of that helps you find the path away from pornography. And none of it's even true. All of those thoughts actually hold you back from becoming the person that you want to be. Whether you're the person who views pornography or the spouse of someone who views pornography or the church leader or a friend of someone who views pornography, all of those thoughts are the things that are holding both you and the person who's viewing pornography back from becoming the person that you want to be and the person that they want to be. So what do we do? 
How do we properly orient ourselves on the map that leads to eliminating pornography use from our lives? Well, I always like to recommend starting at the beginning. That's usually the very, (laughs) that's the simplest uh, (laughs) advice that I can almost invariably give anyone about almost anything. And it really starts by taking a clear and simple assessment of where you really are. So if you are listening to this episode right now and you have not gone to my website or clicked the link to download the free roadmap, feel free to go to the show notes and see if you have show notes on your podcast. Click the link to zackspafford.com slash roadmap or you can just type that into your browser. Again, zackspafford.com slash roadmap. If you have gotten this already, that's perfect. Let's dig into it because I want to take a few minutes and talk about how you can orient yourself properly on the map. So the first question, and this is on page four, so the very first couple of pages, you're going to see some information that was is going to help you begin to orient yourself. The very first question, which is, how has using pornography helped you? And the reason I'm asking you this question is because I want you to be crystal clear about why you're using pornography. A lot of times we ask this question in terms of, why do I use pornography? But how has using pornography helped you really should help you dig into the you know, deep underlying reasons why pornography use has been something that continues to be a part of your life. All right, Zach, it's quiz time now. Oh boy. How, how did pornography help you? For me, it was all about relieving stress and keeping me from feeling lonely. That was the big thing that I used pornography for. When I was looking at pornography, it was almost invariably to deal with the stress. I remember so many nights when I was up late working for a very stressful corporate job that I had to just kind of get a bump, get something that like just so I didn't have to like deal with the stress itself, but so that I could move forward and do the job that needed to be done. And then there were those times when you were gone, right? So many times when you were gone, whether it was just a, a day trip, you were out with your friends for a couple of hours overnight even. And then there was one particular time I remember you were gone for about three weeks to your parents' house. And that was a really hard time. I remember you were so depressed. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I tried, I tried really hard that, that trip. It was, you know, one of those things where I was like, I'm not going to give into this. I'm not going to give into this. And I wasn't dealing with those feelings very well. And I wasn't dealing with my depression at the moment. I, you know, I wouldn't call myself someone who's depressed but in that couple of weeks, I, I did not feel great. I yeah, felt, you didn't like want to get out of bed. You weren't very motivated to work. Yeah. That. This is part of the conversation. This opportunity that you're taking right now to kind of dig into this, you should be looking at, well, what are the times that I'm using pornography the most and why am I using it? And what feelings have you avoided by engaging with pornography? For me, it was, you know, loneliness, even boredom. Boredom is one that shows up pretty regularly. I think with teens a lot. Of times it's yeah, the boredom for sure and how has that helped you get to where you are now now that's an interesting question because I think a lot of times we ask that question when we're looking at the success of people in when it comes to success you're like oh how how is what you're doing helped you get to where you are now but the truth is is that using pornography has helped you move forward in your life in some way whether it helped you kind of deal with the stress load at work so that you could complete your projects which really probably did allow you to kind of move forward i mean i every year it seemed like i was getting a pretty decent raise or a promotion at work and so i know that there are some things that the pornography viewing has you know i say this <laughs> a little bit like i'm saying this out loud and it sounds weird but 
pornography, you viewing pornography helped me do that. Not because it was who I wanted to be or how I wanted to behave, but it was because when I needed to not feel my feelings or I wanted to not feel my feelings, I didn't have to and I could use pornography. I could view pornography to avoid those feelings. Which, by the way, all of my colleagues were doing that very same thing, but with alcohol. And let's be honest, pornography too, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There were definitely people who I knew were doing that. Yeah, and it feels kind of weird for me to look back at that and think, oh, that is one way I did in a way benefit from you being pornography was you did. You moved up the corporate ladder quite nicely. Yeah. I mean, in what was it? Five years, I doubled my income. Yeah. At, at the same company, which is pretty awesome. You are pretty awesome. So next question for you. Would you give up those benefits regardless of the cost, time, energy, and discomfort? I guess I already know the answer to this yeah, one definitely. for you. But. The short answer is yes. I, you know, Would I give up those benefits? Yeah, I absolutely was willing to give up the benefits that pornography viewing gave me in those moments of stress and loneliness and things like that. But I also learned how to be uncomfortable. I learned how to be lonely and not have to get away from that. And that, I think, is a really important skill that most people don't have. We spend a lot of time trying to stop feeling uncomfortable. And when we do that, we really lose out in the long run. I, I like to make it, I like to talk about it in, in terms of an equation where short term discomfort creates long-term happiness. Short-term comfort often creates long-term unhappiness. And that is the reality that you're often dealing with when you're viewing pornography. It's that I'm getting comfort. I'm getting short-term comfort from this. And even though I was moving up the corporate ladder and getting all of the, you know, the things that I wanted out of my corporate job, I was not happy. I was not succeeding in my long-term happiness. And that is really the bigger picture for me. That's part of the reason, one of the reasons why I actually left corporate America and became an entrepreneur and started to you know, run my own business because I was not willing to continue down that path of fight at all costs to move up the corporate ladder, even though it was, it was lucrative, right? I mean, we made really good money doing that, but it was not it was not the person that I wanted to be. It wasn't helping me be the person I wanted to be. And part of that was, I don't know that it was exactly because I was viewing pornography, but part of it was there was this whole process that I was going through of, of trying to succeed and viewing pornography. I gave that up. And as a result, I was feeling all my feelings. So at some point I was like, well, I don't really enjoy working at corporate anymore. And this is why. And so I ended up giving that up. I ended up stopping you know, the stability of of a corporate job to go to the amazing success of an entrepreneur. So looking back, why hadn't you given them up yet? Like when you had tried so many times, like why looking back hadn't you? Yeah, that's a really great question. So if you're following along on the worksheets, this is this is the third question or on the workbook, this is the third question. Why haven't you given up all of those benefits yet? And for me, at the time, it was practical reasons for the most part. It was, you know, both that it was helping me succeed at work in a way that made it so that I could pay for the, you know, the bills of my family. But there was also this lack of skills. There was a lack of skills that get, that I didn't know existed in terms of how do you take care, how do you change what you believe about yourself? You know, at the time I was using the 12-step model. I was going to 12-step meetings and I thought I am an addict. 
And that meant that I believed that I was somewhat of a victim. And that, to me, is a lack of skill. That was not a lack of desire. That was kind of a lack of skill where I couldn't see how, if I'm an addict and this is something that I am powerless against, how can I stop using it? How can I stop doing this thing in a way that allows me to be happy and also successful and also you know, deal with when I'm lonely and stressed? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I went to the the group for the wives, and I did not <laughs> ever leave there feeling super hopeful. I mean, there were definitely times when I left feeling like, oh, I'm so glad my husband's only like looking at naked ladies on the internet, right? For me, in a way, it gave me this little bit of. I mean, I kind of felt a little bit higher up in in some areas of like, oh, well, our problem isn't as bad as. A lot of people's problems, right? Or something like that. But going back to what we were saying earlier, you're judging everybody based on how far they are on that spectrum of viewing or using pornography or whatever it is. Yeah. Which is, I think that just kind of proves the point there where when we judge ourselves, we're judging others, we're we're just not connecting with the people that we want to get, connect with. And, and Yeah, that. and I guess I didn't feel like I was getting a whole lot of skills and no, yeah. ways to move forward. You know, I just felt like I felt like I, I just was like reliving the story, the, yeah, story and everybody else's story of her and just never really left feeling super upbeat and, and hopeful. A lot of clients that come to me, you know, sometimes it's just easier. Sometimes it's easier to use pornography than it is to deal with the other parts of our lives that are uncomfortable and difficult. You know, reality of the human brain is that it tries its darndest to be as comfortable as possible at all times, which means that when we are dealing with loneliness and sadness and frustration and stress, we're going to try and seek the easiest way out of that. And for a lot of us, that has been pornography viewing. And what I want to tell you is that Two, two things, right? One is you don't have to view pornography to feel good and you can also just be uncomfortable. I know that sounds crazy to some of you, but it's really, really true. And when you are, when you get really comfortable at being uncomfortable is when you'll start being as successful as you want to be. And for me, when I was dealing with my corporate life, if I had just leaned into the discomfort and been okay with the stress and the discomfort that that I was dealing with and not having had to turn to viewing pornography to deal with that, I think I probably would have been much more successful, notwithstanding how successful I was. Yeah. And um, when I'm looking at this question, how how it could be easier, right, Mm -hmm. just to view pornography, in a lot of ways, for me, it was easier when you were viewing pornography. And that sounds <laughs> yeah, really, it, was. it sounds really hard to like say because it hurt me, right? Like I would be so upset when I would know that he was using it. But if I didn't know that he was viewing and he like for so many years, right, I didn't know. And he was like Prince Charming, like perfect husband, right? And he, because he was using pornography, he in a way did everything else perfect because he wanted to make sure I was happy. Yeah. And so when he stopped looking at pornography and he kind of took charge of his happiness more, he became not as awesome <laughs> in a lot of <laughs> That's ways. That's so mean. Right? And and not like in a bad way. It's just like 
you know, he would go out and do things like hang out with his friends or go to the movies or now I would like, do he, things that I wanted to do because I wanted to do the, to do them, not because I had permission from you. Yeah, kind of like what we talked about. I think it was on last episode of like living your best life, right. and that's just what came to mind when I was thinking of that. Moving on, the next question: What has pornography cost you? What does it cost me? Yeah, I think it's cost me quite a bit. I think as I'm further away from my viewing pornography, the biggest thing that it cost me was my self confidence. In so many ways. I had to compensate for the self-confidence I lost because I didn't have that clear and simple line to I'm doing what's right because it's right. And when it comes to pornography use, the the cost to me was huge in terms of my self-confidence because when I was using pornography, when I was viewing pornography, every time I met with someone, every time I, someone saw my computer, in the back of my mind, I was running through is there pornography on my computer right now? Is there something that someone's going to see that that's going to sh- show them that I view pornography? That was a very big problem pretty much all of the time that I was viewing pornography. I would look and think, oh man, I just used pornography. I just looked at pornography. Is someone going to catch me? And that was hard because you go into meetings and if what's in the back of your mind is, is someone going to catch me looking at pornography because I used my work computer or I used my work phone And in the middle of that meeting, am I going to get a question that I'm going to look like deer in the headlights because it's like going to touch too closely to whether or not I was viewing pornography? That was that's really hard when you're trying to be the best version of yourself. You don't have the capacity. I didn't have the capacity to just totally block that out. I was always on the lookout for whether or not someone was going to catch me. And that was that was hard. Yeah. And I and I think as far as our relationship went. What, oh, yeah. what cost there was, was there was a lot of disconnect. There was a lot of fighting. We fought a lot more. We did then. fight a lot more. A lot. You were right so many more times than I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then as far as money, like we spent a lot of money on counselors. Like We did we, spend a lot of money on we counselors. We went to counselors for years and years and years. And for me, I just felt like I just went there and complained and paid them a lot of money. And, and then, I just went there and told them, this is what I did. And I never really felt like I got any skills. I never got any uh, techniques. I, I, it was almost invariably like, oh, how, how are you today? And then I would just tell them whether or not I had used and, or viewed pornography. And they would say, okay. And then nothing really yeah. came out of that. Yeah. Lots of money. I mean, immense amounts of money. If I had what I have now, I would have paid $10,000 to have that available to me then. So I could never have the problem of going back. And the last question is, why have you been willing to pay this cost? That's a really good question. I think the very first part of it is I was willing to pay the cost because it was making it so that my life could continue forward almost unimpeded. But at some point, I stopped being willing to pay the cost. And I think this is where a lot of pornography viewers get to, especially those with a moral objection to viewing pornography, that they are in a position where they aren't really willing to pay the cost, but they also don't know how to get past what they have. This is that skills gap that we see in so many places. You know, when you become an online entrepreneur, it's like, well, what's the skills gap to get your your product out there and in front of people and all the things, you know, how do you get there, right? And what's the cost of becoming a doctor? You know, all of those skills that you have to acquire over time so that you can 
live the life you want to live. This is where I was at some point. And I think that was probably about the time we had the twins where you basically said, stop going to those meetings. I need you home. It's not working. And I said, you're right. It's not working. Yeah, I think at that point I was just like, I would rather you be here helping me and, you know, looking at pornography once a month than going to those meetings and being gone for hours at a time. Yeah, every week. And that was just it. There was that moment where I decided this is not worth the cost. Up till that point, I'd been willing to pay the, the, you know, the cost of having that disconnect between my self-confidence and where I really wanted to be. And at the moment that it was basically, you can't go to those meetings anymore. They're not helping. It's clear they're not helping. Just come home, be with us here at the house so that at the very least the twins can be taken care of. Because they, you know, having twins is a different ball game if you, if you haven't ever had twins. Well, it wasn't just the twins. It was what that we was had... It? Six kids, seven and under. Oh, yeah. That, that, I mean, <laughs> we had a lot going on, right? I mean, it wasn't as though we were just, like, sitting around on our hands. But there was that moment, and I said, okay, I got to figure this out. And I took a step back from all of that. I took a step back from the counselors. I took a step back from the 12-step groups. And I took a step back from everything except for my bishop. I continued to work with my bishop, who was an extraordinary bishop. He really made it so that, I mean, he wasn't in there, like, just saying things like, hey, you just got to pray harder and, you know, things that you almost invariably hear when you talk about this at church. He was there as a as a person that was both helping me hold myself accountable, but also he was holding up the spiritual end of this. He was kind of that guy who was like, listen, the Lord loves you. I love you. Keep going. You're doing it. It wasn't, hey, you got to stop this or we're going to take your time. Like, it was never punitive meeting with him. It was always... You've got this. We're going forward. Let me know what help I need to give you. And that, to me, was in, like that was so invaluable. But at that moment when I had wanted to stop paying the cost of my cognitive dissonance in terms of my own um, self-confidence, I was in the right place. I had all of the right players in place for me to stop, take a step back, and start looking at my brain in the way that I did. And then I could move forward. And it, it was, I mean, it was so valuable to me. And that's the difference. Like if that's where you are, if you're ready to make that leap, well, you don't have to spend all the time that it took me and you don't have to spend all the time that, or all the money that I spent. You just have to kind of start to dig into this. Yeah. And it's not an overnight fix. It wasn't an overnight fix for you. Right. I remember it was, you made it to like 60 days and then it was 90 days and then you looked and then, you know, there was, there was still, there were missteps along the way, but, but the key in that was those were opportunities to learn, right? As I had stepped back from the 12 steps and I had stepped back from the counselors, what I had done is I had said, okay, I'm going to figure this out. I am going to, and I have always been one of those people who can figure stuff out. <laughs> My Darcy is always super impressed when I don't have a mechanical background by any means, but I fix stuff in our cars and she's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, I just, you know, YouTube and I can figure stuff out. And that's just how I am. And th- it was no different with my brain. I was like, I got to figure this out. As I took those steps, I found a path forward that allowed me to number one, stop viewing pornography. Number two, figure out how to feel my feelings. And then eventually we listened to Jody Moore. You know, you were talking about Jody Moore and I was like, who's this lady? And then she had this vocabulary that talked about all the things I was doing. 
And I was like, that's what I got to do. That's where we got to be. And we, we came back from Be Bold Masters now just about a year and a half ago. And all of a sudden, we were like, yes, this is exactly what we're doing. We're going to help people do this. I think so many people have been helped by this. And if you would like some help with this, feel free to just you know set up a free consult. Download this workbook go through the process of working through this workbook so that you can kind of get a real life understanding of where you sit. Because once you know where you really are and you understand the costs and the benefits of staying with pornography and leaving pornography, then you can make a really an intelligent decision instead of just one where it's like, I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. And I think for me realizing, you know, as we talked and talked through this, like why you were doing what you were doing and it it became a little easier for me to swallow the idea yeah. of like okay like i i see where you're at i see where we need to get and let's do it yeah yeah and it's interesting because i don't think that that's where you were when i took a step back from all of those things and we were dealing with you know we had the six kids seven and under and we had the twins I don't think you were in a place where you were like, it's okay if you have a misstep because when you have a misstep, you're going to learn from that. You were still probably pretty mad. Oh, yeah. But over time, you've been able to get to a place where that's not the case. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And I, and I think had I been able to see it a little bit differently, then, then yeah. it could have prevented a lot of heartache. I think it would have prevented a lot of heartache. And I'll be honest, I think it would have helped me move forward faster. Because when when I wasn't worried about you, I could focus on what I needed to do for me. Yeah, I get. I, yeah, I feel like you had to <laughs> you had to baby me a little bit, oh, a lot. Poor thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would get really upset. Yeah, right, right. You would. Let's let's be honest. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. I'm pretty sure that's not in the Bible, but it should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, I really appreciate you listening to this. It's always fun to do these podcasts. It's always fun to do them with Darcy. I'm super excited about the coming weeks. If you are interested in in working with us, we'd love to have you. Please feel free to go to zackspafford.com slash work with me or, you know, just come to the free webinar. It's going to be amazing. zackspafford.com slash free call. It's free. It's easy. You can ask all the questions you want. You might even be able to get coached if you want. So, Feel free to sign up for that. If you know somebody who needs this help, please let them know. And if you are listening to this and you haven't given us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. It would be great. It'll it'll make a big difference in other people hearing this who need to. All right. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Have an awesome week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day I get requests from people who are looking to change something in their life. If that is you, if you need help overcoming your addictive behavior like pornography use, sign up for a free mini session at zackspafford.com slash workwithme. That's zackspafford.com slash workwithme. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to follow. Also, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave a review for us wherever you get your podcast. It'll go a long way to helping others find us. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. 
Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link. And if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.